yeah, the way you speak to other people, the way you move and move at work, the way you, you know, drive your car, all of these things are all benefits. The way you, you know, eat your meals, more calm, more mindfulness. Um, but don't wait for the perfect formula. Like I've, I've experienced this. I've heard this, the delay, the same thing happens with, with athletes looking to get the perfect watch, get the perfect training plan. Uh, I'll start when I move here or when I get that car or when my kids go back to school. Like those, that's great. If you can notice those are just, you know, challenges that you keep bringing up to yourself that are just delaying the inevitable. If you really want to start, and back to your point about having will, if this is something you want to start, start it. Just start it. The more and more I hear Nike's slogan, just do it, the more and more I hear this, and we just heard it yesterday at Run Group, it, it's really simple. Just do it. Like, you want to start meditation? Just do it. You want to get up early in the morning and start your workouts? Just do it, right? And we, I think we get too caught up in the how and the overthinking of things and analyzing things because it keeps us in a place where we think we're making progress, but we're actually not doing anything. Hey, what's up, Yogi Triathlete community? Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 185. And I'm here with Coach Beej and Clark, and we're here with the November episode of Ask the YTs. We got questions. We're going to dive in. I'm psyched you guys are here. But first, oh my God, do you know about my latest fun love? Do you know, Beej? I don't. I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's the YTP Mini, dude. Oh, yeah. I freaking love the YTP Mini. You know how when you open, like if you get this a beautiful pepper, like a red pepper from the store and you cut it in half and you're like, oh my God, there's a baby pepper inside and it's the best thing in the world. That's like the YTP mini to me right now. A I love baby it. pepper. Yeah, we have eight episodes, you guys. They're up on our Patreon community, patreon.com forward slash yogi triathlete. Uh, we were doing 15, 20 minute conversations, sometimes 10 minute conversations. We've got a convo up there with Dirt Diva, Katra Corbett. We've got Kyla Maher, who was, uh, is one of our amazing athletes. And even before she was one of our amazing athletes, she was on the podcast. We've got Mary Knott and I after the Noble Canyon. We've got Sean Nakamura, who is one of the few people in the world who has, has completed the Great Eight. Uh, so we dive into a little bit about his plant-based diet. I mean, we just launched one today with you, Beach. So today is Thursday. We're going to launch this on Monday. And I love it. It's awesome. Uh, Beach shares a really cool story about moving through fear, which you really like had no choice because it was almost like one of the first steps for you stepping into your coaching career. And it's just really cool. I love it. So if you're interested, go over to Patreon for as little as like five bucks a month or whatever you want to throw uh, towards our mission to spread stories of purpose. That's amazing. We would love to have you a part of the community. And on top of the YTP mini, there are well over 100 extras, um, recipes and 
podcast extras and reviews and all this other good stuff that we've done over the last couple of years. I think our Patreon community has been active since 2017. So get over there, check it out, and let us know who you want us to have on the mini because we don't have any rules for this mini. We'll do them remotely over the phone. So that pretty much uh, lifts the limits on anyone. So let us know who you want to hear from and what you want to hear. And we will uh, we'll, we'll reach out and we're going to keep building this beautiful baby pepper and we'll see what it grows into. <laughs> a cucumber. Uh, and then we've also got our training camp coming up in February. We have just a couple more spots available. So there may or may not be an offer that's coming up through the whole Black Monday, Cyber Monday thing that's coming up. So keep your eyes open for that. If the training camp is something that's been put on your heart, check it out. Um, prices did go up October 1st, but there might be a little rollback come the holidays. So check it out. Join us in February, you guys, especially if the cold and the polar vortex has started to set in where you are. Get your butt out to California. I just went for a run in a tank top and a skirt, and it was, oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was like I had my clothes on and I had my shoes on and I literally looked at the bed and I was like, God, I could really take a nap right now. And I got out the door and I got in the sun and I got a dose of vitamin D and I just feel amazing. So get out here for your dose of vitamin D and um, also mindset training, amazing food, special guests and awesome endurance training. So, Beach. Let's dive in with questions. You've got them go. all lined up. Yeah, so we put it out on Instagram. If you guys think there's another way to uh, that would be better format to receive questions, let us know. We, we pretty much just posted on Instagram. It's our, it's our biggest, I'd say, media outlet. Yeah, and anytime I think people can email us, yogitriathlete at gmail.com, we'll put it in the queue. So it's like you don't have to wait for that every month. If you have something... Maybe even right now that you're like, oh man, I wish I sent that in. Send it in while you're thinking. Act. Yeah. Hey, act. this is something that we Take teach action. too. Take action. Send it to us. We'll pop it in the queue and we'll get you next month. All right. Let's start with Runner Chick's question. Runner Chick. Runner Chick. Love you, Jody. Sort of random question. It's not, nothing's random, right? Nothing. Feels very on purpose already. <laughs> but tips and tricks on how to perfect a forearm stand without having to do it against the wall. Do I just need more bravery? And core strength. So she's saying a, a forearm stand. Is that that's basically a headstand on no. your forearms? No. Yeah. No, your head doesn't touch the ground with forearm stand. So there's tripod headstand where your head's on the ground. There's headstand where your head's on the ground. Hopefully with very little to zero weight on the crown of your head. And then there's handstand, which I think is the king. That's like, that's a really good one because you, that's just total strength. And there's some really good prep exercises you can do for that. And then there's forearm stand, which is essentially coming into like dolphin pose. Yeah. So I'll talk through how, how you would do this. So how I, first of all, get rid of the wall because when we start to rely on the wall, we rely on the wall. We create a habit and a neural pathway that says, I can kick up as hard as I possibly can because I know the wall is gonna catch me. And getting into these inversions is all about control, right? And, and I love, and I love uh, these kinds of situations where we can really exercise our control because there's so many things in our lives that we try and control, which is such a waste of energy. 
And really what we want to control is ourselves. We want to self-regulate. We want to self-regulate our actions, our reactions, and also our body. We want to self-regulate the body and be in control of how it moves. And so these types of inversions are, I think, helpful in learning that muscle control. Now, that all said, like our teacher, Philip, would argue that there is absolutely no evidence that an inversion outweighs the risks of neck injury when you start to go into some of those things. So you do really want to, uh, if you're in the energy of fear, you want to work with that fear first. Because you do not, moving from the energy of fear, like, oh my God, I'm going to hurt myself, I'm going to hurt myself, then, you know, what we focus on expands. So but, that all said. What? But also getting to the end result before you've even done the, the journey. So kicking your feet up and getting up into the pose, you've missed all the stuff in between to allow you to get stronger and develop the foundation. I don't know if you were going there, but... No, I like but, that. But it's the quick fix. It's the blue pill. Like, I just want to get to the end. Just, yeah. I just want to get to the pose. The blue pill. <laughs> I always think of like the matrix. <laughs> the blue pill. I was thinking about, it Viagra. isn't Viagra I the think, blue yeah, pill? Yeah, it might be. Because you just want to get to the end result. <laughs> you just want to get to the end. <laughs> but continue on, because I'm, I'm curious about how you get to, into so, this pose. This is a really strong pose. I like this pose. I like it just as much as I like handstand because it's really a lot of strength, a lot of shoulder strength, and a lot of core control. So you would, how I do it, and there's yogis out there that far surpass my physical ability because I don't focus that much on the physicality of yoga. I'm more interested in the mind. But you would start in downward facing dog. This is how I would do it. Start in downward facing dog. And then I would drop to my forearms, which would be dolphin pose. And I would get really, really strong in dolphin pose. And so you want to walk your feet in, keep that nice long spine, but walk your feet in and really start to relax through your heart and push down through your forearms so that you're not dumping all this weight into your shoulders, right? So down dog, down to your forearms is dolphin pose. And then walk the feet in. So you're starting to get a little bit more vertical because eventually you want to get shoulders over the elbows and the hips over the shoulders. So you want like a really good stack for forearm stand. Then I would start with lifting one leg and getting really, really strong with lifting one leg. And so how do you get really, really strong? You're just pushing through the knuckles of your hands, through, I always like to think about the middle of my forearm pressing down, the elbow pressing down, and really sending the armpits towards the wall behind you. And then switch the legs, because you may find it's easier on one side than the other because of hip restriction. And then when you get really, really strong there, start to do little hops, little hops, little hops, um, working with, you know, doing this over and over. And I would say, do it every day, do it every day. Like there was a time where I was prepping handstand and practicing handstand every single day and I got it. And then I stopped and now I can't do handstand anymore. So I would, I would need to go back in and do those prep things. And that's really how I would do it. You start with the little hops and then eventually you will, you will get that, um, you will get that core control and that body control to have the forearm stand. So if we think we're in lack now, like I'm not strong enough or I don't have this, then, then the pose is always going to be in the future, right? Because we'll be in the lack of it. If we think we don't have what it takes, then that means we're in the lack of what it takes, which means we're never going to get the pose. So we want to say, I've got the strength now, right? I've got the strength now. And then work every day closer and closer towards achieving that pose. 
So in, in her question too, the bravery is just attempting the pose, in my opinion. Totally. Like she's brave enough to just attempt the pose. Then you self-regulate, right? Then you then you back up a, a little bit. Like now you're you're on the like you're all in. You're all in to learn this pose. And then we start doing exactly what you say. And when and immediately what went into my mind when you were talking about kicking up is it's not kicking up and then landing hard. It's, you try to kick up and, and try a soft landing. It's it's about the control. It is about the control. And I would even start, I mean, forearm stand is super cool. I almost think that handstand is easier because handstand, you can cart, you got to learn how to exit. You got to learn how to exit. And so exiting out of handstand is just a cartwheel. <laughs> If you do it gracefully. Right? Like exiting out of crow pose is tuck the heck out of your chin and roll forward. Otherwise, you're going to smash your face. And if you smash your face, then you smash your face, right? Like it's fine. Um, so sometimes we have to risk having a crash. We have to risk that. We have to, ri we have to risk having a crash to live our dreams, to achieve a pose, whatever it is that's on our heart. So I would say keep going for it, Jody, and um, and next time we're together, we can we can practice. Yeah, that. practicing dolphin pose. I, I'll speak for me. Like it's a challenge. You, when you call it in class, it's a challenge for me to get into dolphin pose, and that just may be tight hamstrings and tight glutes and shoulders and shoulders a lot. Because you're a swimmer, so your lats. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna try that. Maybe we'll do a video. Maybe we should do a video and put it up on Patreon. Yeah. Okay. Of dolphin pose. Let's, Let's do, do it. that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you'll see our tight bodies in dolphin pose. Right. But we'll play with it, and you'll see me kick up. And uh, hey, maybe I'll stick it, and maybe I, like I won't. That. But uh, I'm willing to put that out there on video. You're brave enough. We can do that. Now, just give us a little bit because we're traveling for the next week or so. And um, yeah, just give us a little bit. But we'll get that up there yeah. for you. All right. Then we have, when are you coming down under? Hee <laughs> hee. That's from Kristen Roberts. Oh, Kristen Roberts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Kristen. We were going to move to Australia and then Clark came into our lives and everything got redirected and we moved to California. But we got to go to Australia. We do. We do. How close is oh, Australia well, to New Zealand? Very close. They're right. They're like right there. Well, where she is in, in Australia. I don't do you know. know, but if we're, so we're planning on being in New Zealand in November. next November 29th. for our anniversary. And? So BJ can, well, what, what are you doing? And for 70.3 Worlds. Yeah. Which I have not qualified for yet, but I will be qualified. Energetically, you've already qualified. Oh, absolutely. Because you actually have already qualified. You qualified for World Champs um, when it was in South Africa. No, but we turned in, it down. Uh, Zell MC. Oh, yes. Zell MC. Austria. Uh, Austria. It was in Austria. Yeah. That's right. Why do I think South Africa? We're, we, it was uh, Austria. So you've already got the world championship right. in, your, in your cells. You just got to execute it. Yeah. So, so, so uh, we will be perhaps next year, my love. And we will certainly connect. Yeah. And she's like, God, like works with the wildlife down That's there. Right, yeah. You're dang straight. We're going to come down and, and see you if we're uh, down under. Which I don't know what the hell that accent was. It was something. It was something. Give it to me. All right. Next question from Gorilla. Um, Ironman Pete Jacobs diet. I'd love to hear your comments about it. So I saw this, and it, Pete Jacobs is a an Ironman triathlete. For those that don't know, who who won Ironman uh, in Kona? I can't remember the year, but it wasn't too long ago. It was when all the Australians were winning McCormick and Crowey. He jumped in there and. Since then, I've sort of followed his journey where he's had fatigue. I want to say fatigue is his biggest um, 
challenge. And so he's, he's on this pursuit to find out why he is like this. And, and I know for, I know for a fact he worked with Phil Maffetone for a while, like working with the math method, which is something that we coach too. It's bringing your heart rate down to a steady endurance pace and just getting healthy. You know, math is all about being healthy. And I think he worked with that for a while and then he's been playing with his diet. So this question sparked a little interest into what he's actually doing. And just a quick search and, and thanks for sending the information over too. Um, but he's a carnivore. So the current diet and prescription program that he's exploring, I, I, I really want to accentuate that. What he's exploring for himself is being uh, the carnivore diet. So he's eating just meat, just and it's my understanding that's what he's focused on. And I don't know how it's working for him. I didn't get into too much uh, research into it. Is it, it dairy and eggs too? He was eating fish and dairy. I don't know if he's still eating that. Uh, I didn't get further. I didn't but get no vegetables, enough. no Not to my knowledge, fruit. no. Okay. So he has cut out all veggies and fruits and lives off meat, dairy, eggs, salt, and water. Okay. So that's pretty much what I know about it. I watched, started to watch a video of it, but that's my understanding. What do I think about it? I think he's always been somebody curious about becoming a healthier human and to understand why he's fatigued and what's not working in his body. Like Obviously, something is not aligning. So he's on this mission or pursuit to find out what works for him. And it's really important that we don't get caught up, in my opinion, in in the carniv carnivorism and you know what other people's opinions of it are but what is it what does it feel like to him for for me i'm not aligned with that for me i know you know what i'm eating now is is working really well because i'm in tune with it i feel really good i always feel really good and if i don't then i'll explore some other option uh, as far as you know going full-on carn carnivorism i'm not to me uh, right now, like I don't want to hurt any animals and right now I don't have to do that. Right now I can live off of plants and I can achieve top performance and it aligns with who I am inside. And as long as that alignment is there, that's what I'll continue to pursue. But for Pete, if it's working for him, I don't know if it's working for him. I guess it is. He's a few months in. Um, I'd have to look at it a little bit more, but um, you know, it's his choice. It's his choice to pursue options to to find out what makes him perform better or be more healthy. What's your take on it? Yeah, my take is everything is alignment. So I heard briefly, like I'm talking to you guys, 15 seconds of an interview that you were listening to when he said, I've tried everything. I've tried everything. And of course, my, my mind, my first thing, I listened to 15 seconds of it that you guys, that's it. And in my mind, I'm thinking... Well, did you try meditation? Like, did you try meditation? But, and, that, and then that was it, because I, I today was a busy day and, um, and I didn't choose to listen anymore about it. And I certainly wasn't in judgment of him, but what is everything? What is I've tried everything? And again, you know, it's he's tried everything to him in his perspective. And, and if this feels aligned, then this is what he needs to do. And it is not my place to say what his soul's journey is. So I always go back to our mission to create a better world. And am I creating a better world by condemning this guy for 
being a part of violence and eating a diet that there is evidence that it could be harming to his body. Is that creating a better world to condemn somebody for their choices when they have the same free will that I have? I would say no, that is not aligned with our mission to create a better world, to condemn or to judge others. And it's like saying to the universe, hey, universe, like you got the ocean tides right and you got the rotation of the earth right and you got the whole koala bear thing right and you got you got the day and the night right, but the Pete Jacobs thing, you got that wrong. He shouldn't be doing that. And how can we say that he shouldn't be doing something when he's doing it? So that's a fight, right? And anytime we fight, we create more fight in the world, more violence in the world. So to fight against the choices of another person is creating more fight in the world. And I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel aligned for me. Now, geez, if you asked me this like eight years ago, um, I probably would have had some opinions to say about it. But I've tuned out of that kind of judgment. And I really, I just see, like when I say we're all on our own journey and we're all in our own timeline, like I mean it. My yes means yes. Like my no means no. When I say something, I mean it. And so I think... If this feels, if you, if somebody's listening to this and they feel like, well, this isn't a lot, like this, that, that he's doing something out of what he should do, so basically misalignment, then I would say look first at yourself and is there anything in your life that is misaligned? Because if this brings up a charge for you, then he is serving as a great catalyst for you to see what is unacceptable within yourself. And boy, once we start turning that mirror around at ourselves, we learn so much. And I think that's really how I've rid myself of, of I would say, a lot of judgment. Um, being a human, perhaps I may fall into judgment, but I'll catch, hopefully I'll catch myself there. But it's always turning it around. And if I see something that's unacceptable, well, where is that, is, where is that within me? Where is that within me? So, no. This doesn't sound like a diet I want to explore, no, nor would this be a diet that I would promote or um, really see as a solution for anything because I believe what's in alignment for me, I believe the body needs fiber. I believe the body needs, what I know is that the body needs fiber to create healthy microbiome. And that healthy microbiome, especially in the colon, is really what helps clean our systems up, allow us to absorb nutrients, clean out things that are toxic in our system. So I really believe that the body needs fiber and there's no fiber in animal products. There's no fiber in animal products. So I'm not so sure. Like to me, this is almost like a Botox thing. It's like, ooh, we'll see. And we'll about see what 20- the, lo- the long term effects <laughs> we'll of this see what thing. The long term effects of this is gonna be. Um, but no, seriously, like, and the other thing is that I don't, I don't want to, like, I do harm every single day by walking on this earth. I do harm. I'm harming the dirt. I'm harming the grass. I'm harming the bugs that I don't see. I am doing harm just by walking on the earth. So I want to reduce the amount of harm 
reduce the amount of violence that I am contributing to the world. And for me, I hold that very dear in my heart to not be a part of a system that kills animals so that we can eat them because it doesn't make any sense to me if I need protein then I'm going to eat what the animals eat if I need b12 then I'm going to eat what the animals eat and in yoga we would look at you know the dead food which is it's really it's dead flesh as um tamastic energy tamastic um Tamas, the energy of tamas, the quality of tamas, which is very heavy, um, lethargic, uh, which is really interesting. I want to, it would be interesting to see, like, because this type of tamastic um, energy is very lethargic. It's like trudging, right? It's, it's negative, it's judgmental, it's evil, it's dead. And we see it everywhere um, in our world and also in our food. So there's, uh, also sattvic foods and energies which are pure those are the plant foods they are pro-health they are healing they are high vibrational and then there's rajastic foods like coffee with caffeine in it hot sauce things that um might be good in the moment but gives you a little you know could give you a little smack across the face later on and these, the, they're called the gunas, the sattva, rajas, and tamas, and they're qualities of prakriti, which is nature. And nature is everything that includes the human body. And then there's purusha, which is the soul, right, which is the unchanging self. And so those qualities, those gunas, are in everything, and they're in our food. Um, so following the path of yoga, this would not be a diet that I would uh, look to for health, or high vibrational thoughts, or a high vibrational body. And I'm very, very grateful that what makes me feel amazing and satiated and healthy are plants. It's a high vibrational diet. There's nothing high vibrational about eating dead flesh. Nothing. I mean, can you think of anything? And, um, and then also, you know, these animals have nervous systems and they don't want to die. So in that moment where they know they're going to die, they're going to be fearful. And that fear is going in, it's, it's in the, it's in the muscle that people are eating. And we live in a fear-based society and there's so much fear. You know, the whole, I was just talking today about TSA and how the whole reason why TSA exists is because of fear, fear that we're not safe enough. So anyway... Um, no, it doesn't feel aligned to me, but I don't pass judgment on him because he is utilizing his free will to find the path that feels most aligned. I don't know what his soul journey is, and it's not for me to determine or to judge. And so I salute him for being on an exploratory process and being willing to try things. I feel very, very grateful that that is not a diet that I am aligned with. I feel very grateful for that. And it doesn't mean that I am better. It just means that my alignment is different. That's all. And it's where we are right now. You know, yeah. this is and, where we yeah. are. And, and this is where he is in the process. And right. I like to look at it as at one time I was eating a lot of bison burgers and eggs, like eggs, so many eggs. And I was, I was that person. So at that time... Absolutely, you could pass judgment on me as as not understanding, you know, the environmental impact and what's happening in my body and the planet. But to your point, I, I'm extremely 
grateful that I'm awake and ready. Like I'm awake. I'm, I have clarity. I have the awareness that the connection of what fuels me and what feels good to my body is, is not that stuff anymore. Like I'm not attached. I guess that's the point. Like I'm not attached to it. Like I don't need that stuff to do what I do. And, and that right there gives me freedom. And I feel free to have that, that, the free will to choose what I want. So I'm super grateful I don't have to choose that path. And I don't think I, I, I would if, if it was an option for me. You know, I, I, I would exhaust all options, I guess, in the scenario and find out what works. But I'm grateful that what I'm doing now is fueling everything that, that I do during the day. And, you know, and we don't, we we can't we can't like assume what am i trying to say here what i'm trying to say is what he's experiencing and doing is a very important piece of his journey so how could we say that it's wrong how can we say it's wrong drinking until i threw up that was a part of my journey <laughs> that was right that was I think a, a lot of gnarly had that part journey. of that journey yeah. but it was a part of my journey for me to realize what I don't want in my life. So the contrast, right? Yeah, you got to have contrast. the contrast to appreciate what you, where you yeah. are now. And so we don't know. I don't know how Pete Jacobs is feeling right now in this moment. You know, he might be trying to digest like a, you know, a it takes 30 a ounce days. prime rib. It takes a few days to pass through the system. <laughs> Maybe he's not feeling so good right now. I don't know. I hope that he is finding his way to a place of, of freedom where he, he is he because he has a divine right to feel good in his body so he's he's finding his way that's kind of what I think about it I don't pass judgment on him um probably wouldn't choose to go out to dinner with him I and I highly doubt that that would ever even be something that came into my physical awareness like I highly doubt that my alignment with him would ever happen if we go down and see Kirsten on our farm and then Pete Jacob shows up to get some plants. Plants. All right. That's a possibility. <laughs> Anything is Anything possible. Anything is possible. Oh, I, that's one thing I want to say too. Like for us to condemn him and say, oh, what he's doing is wrong. Like he shouldn't be doing that. We're energetically limiting him. And, and what we all need to do is we need to release those that we're condemning. Like so-and-so drinks too much. So-and-so gossips too much. So-and-so eats too much meat. As we condemn these people, we limit them energetically. We condemn them to their behavior and it's not who they are because the light that is in me that I hope my intention is that you all have felt that light is the same dang light that's within him. And it's the same light that's in within those animals that he's eating. And who am I to say that the path of those animals is the wrong path because I don't know what their soul journey is. All I know is that I trust in the fabric of this existence and a higher intelligence that is always, always, always providing us with opportunities so that we can rise above and purify ourselves to a point of total communion and oneness and freedom and love. Let's move on to the next question. I think that we pretty much covered that one. And our last question came to us through a direct message on Instagram. I've never meditated. I think I've somehow managed to be in a meditative state at time or two, but maybe just from ultimate relaxation or during Shavasana by accident. Anyway, is meditation best in the morning 
or can it be done any time of day? What is the best practice for learning to meditate correctly? Or is it a skill that has to be learned? So let's just start with when is meditation the best? Well, actually, we're you're looking for what is best and what is correct. You know, two of those words, buzzwords, right? Because we all want to achieve. We're all, you know, motivated to, to be our best in some, some respect. So meditation doesn't have to be perfect, right? There's no, I don't, I don't prescribe to any perfect path to meditation. But you work a lot one-on-one -on -one with numerous people, whether they're athletes or non-athletes, ultra-athletes. And you've been doing it for much longer than I have. What's what's the entryway or gateway into beginning a meditation practice? Let's start there. You gotta have you gotta have the you gotta be willing. You gotta be willing. I've I've rid myself of this idea that people have to be ready because we're always ready. Um, you have to be willing because chances are it's going to be a bit of a battle, especially at the beginning. And. Let me just preface all of this by saying that you've definitely meditated before, 100%. In fact, we meditate all the time, you guys. It's just most of us are meditating unconsciously. So all we're doing is we're bringing consciousness into the meditation so that we can see what's brewing under the surface, so that we can tap into the truth of who we are so that we may move through over and past the things that limit us in this life because when we meditate we are in stillness and the stillness is the energy of who we truly are. We are an unchanging energy. Everything is always changing. The only thing that's not changing is who we truly are. So the more we sit in silence and stillness, the more that stillness within us becomes more robust in our life. And that stillness within us is a very, very high frequency. It's a very subtle frequency. Now, every single one of us is connected to that energy all the time. All the time. We are never off our path. We are never disconnected. We never fall away. It's just the connection might have a bunch of stuff in the way. We might have a lot of layers. Unworthiness, judgment, anger. We could have these layers in between that make us believe that we are not connected, but we are in fact always connected. So we bring consciousness to it. And the first thing we have to have is a willingness, a commit to sit. I, worked with someone today who I've worked with for years with massage therapy and now we're working with meditation, which is so lovely. And I actually haven't talked to this person for, gosh, I guess three years now. And I said to her, I said, you are going to get resistance. You are going to get every excuse in the book not to meditate. Oh, I want to get up. I want to get the kids out to school. Oh, the coffee smells good. Oh, I feel great today. I don't need to meditate. Those are the days that, those are the days you make a statement. I don't care if you sit for five breaths, but you sit and you do it every single day. So it's the commit to sit. 
You have to have the willingness and then set the intention to commit to sit. I mean, it's like such, it's the best phrase ever, commit to sit. And so how do you start? I mean, I would say, first of all, check out our M21 Revolution community because we have a lot of beginners in there and we have a lot of people who are experienced in there. And you can get that through my link in my bio on my um, Instagram page, which is just Jess Kumkowski. So check that out. That would just take you to a page with more information and perhaps that resonates with you. We have hundreds of videos, guided meditations. We have a beginner's guide. But, you know, the it starts with pulling your awareness away from the thoughts and onto something else. So you would, let's just say the breath. You just take one conscious breath with 100% of your awareness. Because most people go through the day with the awareness and the thoughts completely Velcroed together. Like the most industrial strength Velcro. Like you just, you can't even see that you're completely identified with the mind until you start to create space between where your awareness is and where those thoughts are. And it's in that space that you have free will. That is the only space that we really, 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 really have freedom is that space where we can see the thoughts that we are choosing. And so that's the mind training. The mind training is not going out and grueling yourself through a six-hour workout. The mind training is sitting there when everything says don't sit and when the mind wants to pull you into all these different thoughts and directions and you say, no, I see you, come back to the breath. Right back into a thought, come back to the breath. Right back into a thought, come back to the breath. Right back, come back, right back, come back. Like it, that's, it's, it can be relentless. And that is the mind training. So you have to be able to concentrate the mind before you experience meditation. Meditation is the mind in deep rest. Everything up until the mind in deep rest is concentration, training the mind. So it's like a puppy. I used this example before. It's like a puppy. You get a puppy. You put the puppy on a leash. You bring the puppy outside. You show the puppy where to pee. You bring the puppy back inside. The puppy might pee in the house. You don't kick the puppy. You don't scream at the puppy. You don't say, oh, I can't deal with this puppy. I'm not going to do this anymore. No. You put the leash back on the puppy. You take the puppy out. You show him where to pee. The puppy pees. You bring him back in the house. You do that over and over and over again. You don't just let the puppy go outside and figure out what it wants to do because it's going to look around, it's going to chase birds, it's going to sniff, it's going to be so distracted, it's not even going to know that it has to pee, and then it's going to come back in the house because you're like, well, that's been 20 minutes, so it must have peed, and it's going to come in and pee in the house because you're not training the puppy. You got to train the puppy. You got to train the mind. And so if you're somebody who has tried to meditate before, but it's, it's crazy, right? The, I can't meditate. My mind's too busy. It's only because the mind's not trained. It's only because the mind's not trained. And the mind is not trained, you guys, because nobody ever taught us how to train it. They said, feed it with all this information, feed the intellect, achieve diplomas, achieve a salary, achieve a home, achieve a spouse, achieve some kids and couple car payments, and then you're worth something. And that's not, that has nothing to do with 
who you truly are has nothing to do with any of those things outside of you. So the first thing is you've got to practice. And you go to BJ's class, right? This person goes to your yoga class. So they are, they're already practicing it. They're already training the well, mind. We meditate first, first to start the class yeah. and then to end the class, actually, yeah. too. So you got to pull the awareness away from the thoughts and on to something else. So when you're in Shavasana, mm -hmm. great, great example in our yoga classes, and you feel the urge to pick up your hand and scratch your ear or your head or to shift and move, you, you stop, you notice there's that thought. You just pause for a moment. Oh, I need to scratch my head. And then, then you think, I don't really need to scratch my head right now. There's, this, there's the noticing. You can, you can choose to breathe again, right? Take another breath and then scratch your head. That's progress, right? You can choose to just notice a thought and then let it go and not actually scratch your head. Just lay there a little bit longer and just just be there noticing the next thought that comes in. Oh, well, how long is BJ going to hold me in Shavasana? It could be, don't, as the thought comes in, notice it, but don't indulge in it. Don't act on it. Right, so it's what you're doing is you're practicing not indulging all the impulses of your mind. So, and you're gonna get, you're gonna win sometimes, you're gonna lose sometimes. Like it's it's a process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it can be a battle. And when you sit still, you're gonna see what's brewing under the surface. And so I can speak from my own experience. Uh, what I had brewing under the surface was anger, fear, and anxiety. I, those were the three. That was my hat trick: fear, anxiety, and anger. That's what was brewing under the surface. And I had to move through the, I had to sit in stillness while those layers of energy moved through my body, which there were moments I literally thought I was going to die. Like I was going to leave the earth. It was so intense. And I sat there despite. And I breathed despite. And I let go despite. And that's how you start to rise into, and it really isn't like you're not adding anything with meditation. It's, 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 uh, I saw this thing the other day, which I loved. Like if you want knowledge, keep adding, keep adding things every day. If you want wisdom, keep allowing things to fall away every day. Take something away every day. Take a judgment away. That person does this, that person does this wrong. That person shouldn't have cut me off. Well, what, what if, what if you let go of that judgment? What if you felt the judgment and said, I'm just going to breathe instead? I don't know. It's, just, it's an education. You're going to get an education. You might just self-realize. Right. Uh, so what's the other part of so, these questions? Of this question? Uh, best to do it in the morning or evening. Mm. I think this is a pretty easy one. I always morning, 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 morning. I mean, before it's or between after the four espresso. And, mm -hmm, after, uh, before the espresso. <laughs> before the espresso. Let the espresso be your... If, if you're a coffee drinker, let the espresso be your treat. Um, first of all, there's nothing more energizing than meditation. So um, if Pete Jacobs is listening and you're still feeling fatigued, my friend, I do not judge you, but let's start meditating because there really is nothing more energizing than meditation because you're starting to tap into that part of you that's never tired, you're never sad, never depressed, never lonely, never super excited. It's just unchanging, totally unshakable, steadfast, unconditional love. That's the part of me I want run in my life. The morning time between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. is like the sacred time in yoga. And also just, I mean, get, get up that time. It, it's so sacred. 
The birds start to sing. It's so quiet. Cell phones aren't going off. The trash guys haven't started doing their rounds. Um, you know, alarms aren't really even going off that early in the morning. It's just so quiet. And you're quiet because you just woke up. So it's, uh, what did Bob, meditator Bob say the other day? He's like, I still, I st and this guy's been meditating since he was like 12. He's like, I still subscribe to the wake, pee, meditate recipe. Wake up, pee, and meditate. First thing, meditate. Um, some people do do it at night because they just have decided that the morning is not what they want. And if I have somebody that I work with that wants to meditate at night and they're going to get it in, then fine, meditate at night. But the, I believe the biggest bang for your buck is going to be walking into your day from a place of calm presence. And understand that the, 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 the distractions and challenges are going to start right there, you know, especially being a mom. You know, I, our children wake up early and I, I, I can't, I can't, my husband worked late and he's going to, you know, sleeps in a little bit. So it, the, the challenges are going to be immediate, right? They're going to be immediately challenging you to, the to start this, the resistance. The resistance. Yeah. So we actually have a few people who just, you know, they, they slowly eat their way out of bed and they crawl into their closet where they have it all set up with a pillow and they just sit there and take their breaths in the closet alone in the quiet and actually they find that more comforting like it's their own little space their own little you know vortex or temple where they can just be quiet and nobody knows they're they're there like the kids don't know and and they can take that quiet time i remember the first uh one of the first people i started working with she had a young son um, a husband who didn't get up early and really wanted to meditate, had a strong desire to meditate. And we were like, she was like, I don't know what to do. Like I try and get out the door and then my son wakes up and it's like all bets are off. And she was like, there's just no, like, where can I meditate? I just can't meditate. I have nowhere to go. And I, I remember I just said, do you have a closet? And she's like, yeah, I go, go in the closet. And it was like a couple weeks later and I remember we checked in and she was like, I can't even tell you, I go to bed at night and I'm like, I can't wait to get up and get in the closet. Like she set up a pillow <laughs> and she set up, she's like, I don't do a candle because it's a little dangerous because of all the clothes. And she's like, I have this little section where I have my pillow and I have um, like a little Ganesha statue and I meditate in there and it's like, it's my temple, it's my ashram. So there's always a way. Uh, as we move into the holiday season, I highly um, recommend everybody don't underestimate the power of the bathroom. It is a temple. You know, lock that door, go in there, give yourself five breaths, reset, come back out. Family always gives us a great opportunity to show us where our judgments are, where our battles are, where we want to fight, where we want to say somebody's doing something wrong or somebody's making me feel this way. Nobody's making you feel anyway. You know, they're just showing you what's already inside. So go into the bathroom. There's always a way. There's always a way. But the morning, I do believe, is absolutely the best because think about it. By the end of the day or even in the middle of the day, you've already got so much momentum going. And the key is to slide into meditation before the mind gets too activated. Yeah, and that's great. That's a great point. It's The meditation in the morning is not, an, is not the time to be doing your to-do list. Like, yeah. Who, I can't remember what his name is, um, but he talks about thinkitation. 
So there's meditation and then thinkitation. <laughs> so he does his meditation and then he moves into thinkitation where he thinks about things. Which is probably a lot more clear since he meditates. Meditates first, right. Yeah. But that's when you do what, what needs to be done for the day. But I think that, that clearing of the mind, that the understanding where your relationship is to the thoughts first thing in the morning will set the tone for the remainder of the day. And it's not like you start meditation Friday morning or this is launching on Monday, right? So Tuesday morning, you're going to wake up and do five breaths and like you're going to have bliss and joy for Thanksgiving. Like it's a process. Yes. To your point. Yes. It takes, it takes time. It, oh yeah. So it's a skill that you develop. It's over time, right? Yeah. It's it, like concentrating the mind is a muscle that is very weak for most people. So you, if you have a super busy mind, you're not alone, right? We've all been there. Those of us who've been meditating for a while now, our muscle is stronger. That's it. And um, everybody has that opportunity to get strong. So it is. It's skill and, and not just skill in meditation, but you start getting way more skillful in life, way more skillful in life. Yeah. The way you speak to other people, the way you move and move at work, the way you, you know, drive your car, all of these things are all benefits. The way you you know, eat your meals, more calm, more mindfulness. Um, but don't wait for the perfect formula. Like I've, I've experienced this. I've heard this, the delay, the same thing happens with, with athletes looking to get the perfect watch, get the perfect training plan. Uh, I'll start when I move here or when I get that car or when my, kids go back to school like those that's great is if you can notice those are just you know challenges that you keep bringing up to yourself that are just delaying the inevitable if you really want to start and back to your point about having will if this is something you want to start start it just start it the more and more i hear nike's slogan just do it the more and more i hear this and we just heard it yesterday at run group it's really simple just do it. Like you want to start meditation, just do it. You want to get up early in the morning and start your workouts, just do it. Right. And we, I think we get too caught up in the how and the overthinking of things and analyzing things because it keeps us in a place where we think we're making progress, but we're actually not doing anything. <laughs> Gerbil on a wheel, baby. Right. Gerbil on a wheel. Just over and over. So I think what, you could take from the meditation from what we're talking about is act is like make take the action and don't worry about perfection so let's just say you hear this podcast tomorrow you start you take five breaths the next day you get up and you know it's a shit show like things the kids jump on the bed and the dog needs to go out like okay make that your meditation right right that's yeah exactly like it may shift and move around a little bit until you get to that point where where it's just, it just has to happen in the morning. Like you need those 10 minutes in the morning to just meditate before you proceed throughout your day because you know what you, you know how you react when you don't have that 10 minute alone time. There's never been a time once somebody I work with gets to the non-negotiable part, I always ask the same question, can you imagine a life without meditation? And the answer is always the same. They're like, hell no, oh my, no way, no way. I would never go back. I would never go back. I would, and I'm saying me, I would never go back. It would take me so much effort to go back. 
um, meditation is just, a, it's like breathing air for me. It's non-negotiable, non-negotiable. And, um, you know, the ultimate is make your, med- make your life a meditation. Make your life a meditation. Just pay attention. That's such a good point. You know, you do, you, you complete the meditation, the 10 minutes, and then you go on with your day as if you're back to your old self, right? So it's, it's understanding that that 10 minute meditation and I'm just using that as an example, is it sets the tone for how you can begin to react and navigate your day. It's just not, in those 10 minutes, I was a rock star. Like I, I didn't pass judgment on anyone. I sent love to, to all the people in my family. And then you show up Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, oh my God, did he just say that? Did Uncle Jimmy just say that? Right. And he, and he's you're, probably <laughs> drunk. He drinks too much. I saw him in the back. He was, he eats, sifting through he that. eats the dark meat on the turkey. <laughs> you're only supposed to eat the white meat. Right. So it's a, it's a daily, it's a 24 hour practice. It's, it's so, I'm glad you said that because it's got to pass through. It, 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 and don't look to your meditations for your quote unquote, if they're successful or not. Yeah. There's no good G- or bad. Give it some time and then mm-hmm. ask yourself, am I sleeping better? Am I more calm? Am I less judgmental? All of these things are, um, all of these layers that are making us feel that we are not connected to something higher, those are going to fall away all on their own. It's like just sitting and doing nothing is the answer to everything. It's so crazy. And all we hear is, right, like, I just need a break. I got to go on vacation. I just need, oh, I just want to lay on the beach. It's like, you can go on vacation every freaking morning on your meditation cushion. Get up and do nothing. Oh my God, how be- how amazing does that sound? I'm going to get up tomorrow and do nothing. That's how I'm going to start my day. And that's one of the ways that I sold it to myself. When I laid in bed and I was like, oh, I'm going to meditate. I just want to sleep. I was like, shut up. You get to get up and do nothing. Go get up and do nothing. Get your blanket, light your candle, go do nothing. That's amazing that you get to do that. Like you have an you have another time frame before you have to jump into your day. And for those that are traveling, this is a good this is a good thing. Those that are flying, right? Meditation on the plane. You know, we give this to all our athletes. I know you you speak of it often. That's how I got the the idea to do it was when you're when you're in the airplane, like there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. You're in this space that you don't really use that often maybe you fly three or four times a year you're you're like in an energetic petri dish yeah you're together with a bunch of people you do not know at all and i would say most of the people are probably dealing with some sort of anxiety some are petrified of of uh flying and so you really do everybody a service when you practice meditation and you practice being calm. And at 35,000 feet, you're in the subtle energies. You're in less dense air. So meditations can be pretty darn deep on a plane. So zip up the hoodie, pull over the, pull over the hood, put the, <laughs> air butt, put the headphones in, but don't put anything on. Put your timer on and just sit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much it. So, uh, and you know, all the people that I, I also work with people one-on-one and it's really, you know, everybody is different and that's, this is really about a unique journey. So it's not everybody is, never does anybody get the same meditation or the, it's rare that they get the same mantra. It's always like, where are they right now? And what, what are they exploring in their life? And what are they coming up against? And how can we, how can I support them to, 
um, lean into life uh, a little more gracefully and less resistant. You know, when I was resistant to starting meditation back in Rhode Island, and I started to fall off the train, I connected it with an existing habit because I wanted to create the habit of meditating. So my habit was coffee in the morning and starting the coffee maker. So I, I'll admit, like the 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 pull to get my meditation in was to get the coffee afterwards. So the coffee maker takes ten minutes, right? You, I would go downstairs because I was up way before you because I was heading to the pool to coach masters. I remember this clearly, and I would start the coffee maker, go into the that other room that we had. We had all four, like three doors. You could you could really get closed in there sit down for 10 minutes, do my meditation. When I heard the coffee maker go off, I knew that it was done. And so then I'd have my coffee. So I tied it to a habit that I had in the morning and I've gone through a year or two now, two years, I'm back on coffee now, but there were two years there that I didn't do that in the morning. So I didn't have the coffee. So I was, the meditation practice had become the habit. So my point is, if you find an existing habit that you have in the morning that is serving you well, like it's a positive habit, attach this meditation habit to it in some way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Is there anything else to that question? No, that's it. And that is that it on questions? That's it on questions. Awesome. So I hope we covered everything, you guys. Thanks. I love these questions. I love how you guys come to us for like... <laughs> Like we're ultra running in triathlon and we get like, how do I do a forearm stand and how do I meditate? And that's amazing, you guys, because it's so much more than swim, bike, swim, bike, run and numbers and all of that. And those things are important. So we love those questions, too. Uh, we're not shy. We're not afraid of data. We're not afraid of data and information. No way. Um, we're not afraid of anything. Bring really. it on. We walk this earth without fear. All right. So where are we going to be? So we're going to be Ironman, Arizona. Ironman, Arizona, which is already going to be passed by the time oh, we yeah. launch this. But after that, let's... Indian Wells. Indian Wells, yeah, December 8th. Yep. And yeah, so let us know if you're going to be there. I know a couple of people have already reached out that they're going to be there. So we'll be in Yogi Triathlete gear. Um, find us. Please come and say hi. Beach will be racing. Yell at him. Uh, he has direct orders to stay focused. Uh, he has direct orders to stay focused, so he may not yell back but maybe you might maybe i will maybe i don't know <laughs> i'll be pretty focused uh, and then in february training camp and then after that we've got a big crew heading to mendocino the mendocino 50k if you're listening to this and you're not part of the yogi triathlete team and you're going to mendocino to do the 50k hit us up we'd love to connect if you need coaching let us know but we've got uh, i think over 10 athletes who will be on course be Love amazing. it. Yogi Amazing. Yogi Triathlete, the secret ultra running community. Ooh.